It's the Profit from ERP Advisory Series. ERP Pitfalls, Implementing ERP by Business Office. After taking a look at some of the more challenging ERP implementations assignments over the past few months, I came across something. We know that an ERP implementation involves representatives from every department in a company. That's how the most successful ERP implementations happen. But doing an autopsy on some troublesome implementations, I realized that each problem child ERP implementation had been handled by the accounting team or business office only. Only finance was represented, no one from operations. The other thing, these were all QuickBooks to ERP, emerging startup companies. So I set out to find out, why is this happening? What are the forces that are driving it? Now, would I say that having only the business office head the implementation is a mistake? It's more like a pitfall. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's just suboptimum and problems occur. So let's dig in. Say your company's expanding, going public, adding staff, entering new markets or new business stages, and the simple accounting software you relied on for so long is long outgrown. Everyone agrees it's time to move up from QuickBooks to ERP. So what could be so complex about replacing accounting systems with ERP? Actually, while ERP contains a financial system, it's more so much more, a lot more. And lately we've been seeing QuickBooks to ERP clients run into significant issues in implementation, acting as if ERP was simply a financial tool used by the business office. Yes, you need accounting involved, and, and yes, you want at least the controller or CFO in a leadership position, but not going it alone. ERP is one of those things that everyone refers to as literally a paradigm shift, with the difference being in this case, ERP actually is a paradigm shift. Moving out of QuickBooks to ERP involves the entire enterprise, ERP. It stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. It's the whole enterprise and you need to involve the whole enterprise. Why? Well, one company designed their implementation in conjunction with a leading national software partner and made a $200,000 design mistake. Another group stretched a nine-month implementation over two and a half years, with the cost overruns you'd expect in two and a half years, a million dollars over the original budget. More on those later. But how did it happen? The controller is tasked with leading the project. The other departments are kind of involved in the beginning, but then the focus shifts to the chart of accounts and day sales outstanding, and the ERP implementation takes a financial focus first. ERP project momentum gets lost on the operational side. And now the controller's under the gun. Other committee members miss a weekly status meeting. They aren't there for the system design sessions. So what does any good controller do? She pulls her staff in, the only folks she has real control over, and now we're a committee again and off we go, implementing ERP by business office only. But if you don't involve key stakeholders from operations from every department, if you implement ERP only as accounting function, you miss out on incredible cost reductions from every transaction in the company. Let's take a look at this today so you don't end up digging a $100,000 hole or even dig yourself into a million dollar hole. Maybe we can avoid the digging altogether and bring back the profit from ERP. Today, we introduce a new sponsor to the podcast, Ide Bailey Technology Consulting. You know, whenever one of my ERP clients complains about the cost of ERP, one of my favorite jokes, if you can call it a joke, is to say, well, if ERP is too expensive, we always have the low-cost option. A ream of paper, accounting ledgers, and a case of number two pencils. Only, you're going to need 20 or 30 more people in accounting. 
for some reason, they never really laugh. I don't get that. But today, we roll out a new sponsor, Ide Bailey, an accounting firm that's been around since paper ledgers were actually in use 100 years ago. You can see it on their company history timeline. And specifically, we're talking about the Ide Bailey Technology Consulting Group, who've certainly progressed past the paper ledger days and are now leading proponents for NetSuite ERP, Salesforce CRM, Sage Business Software, and more. NetSuite, of course, has been the absolute hottest cloud ERP on the market for the last few years. You could say NetSuite has pioneered cloud ERP and been a category killer. When it comes to NetSuite, our go-to partner is Ide Bailey Technology Consulting. Ide Bailey has been a NetSuite Partner of the Year for several years running, as well as Worldwide Partner of the Year, and that covers a lot of ground. They are a top five global consulting partner, and they have 55 experienced implementation consultants all across the country. So no matter where a client is located, Ide Bailey is there for them. Having 55 implementation consultants is important. NetSuite's a big ERP. There's lots of features, lots of functions. Ide Bailey puts a team on the project, financial experts, operational gurus, purchasing, manufacturing, supply chain, plus developers and technical data import experts. And that has saved our clients a ton of time and money. You know, NetSuite doesn't absolutely fit every company everywhere. But when NetSuite is the right ERP, Ide Bailey's the right partner. Ide Bailey, that's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. And we promise not to bring up paper accounting ledgers, although it's, it's pretty funny. And now back to the podcast. Let's start with a backstory. I've detailed before as one of my Forrest Gump life moments that I was living in Austin. I was attending a American Marketing Association Austin chapter breakfast. The year was 1996. The speaker was VP marketing for Dell. His question to the audience was, how many of you go onto the World Wide Web, the, the internet? And this being 1996, maybe a third of the hands in the room went up. He went on to show us Dell's new website on the screen, and it included an order page where you could design your own PC, spec out which drives, the monitor, how much memory, and so on. There was an option to purchase your newly configured PC right there. And he told us, now, now no one really expects to sell a big ticket item like a computer over the internet. But, but, he said, the really big deal was that after customers went into the Dell website and configured their computer, customers would call into the sales order call center and instead of taking 29 minutes average talk time with the phone PC specialist going over all the options, they were completing the phone transaction within 14 minutes average talk time. Now, a 15-minute savings man, may not sound like a big deal until you remember Dell used to operate these 3,000-seat call centers in Canada. They had more call centers in the U.S. So all of a sudden, saving 15 minutes per transaction, effectively doubling your phone room's sales capacity, well, that was a, that was a pretty big deal. It was also a pretty big deal that uh, Dell VP Marketing was wrong. People would start buying big-ticket items like computers over the Internet, and by year's end, Dell was doing a million dollars in sales daily with that new website. Suddenly, Dell didn't need multi-thousand-person phone rooms, if you can imagine that savings. And that brings us to the first applicable ERP theory. If you get the user to do the data entry, there's less cost, and you shift the transactional cost to the user. So how does that apply to a QuickBooks ERP implementation? 
Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Let's look at the world of QuickBooks. And I don't mean to pick on QuickBooks. It's, it's the most popular. It's a great system for small businesses that are just starting out. We're just using that as shorthand for any accounting software. But QuickBooks is a historical accounting environment. You've got source documents. You've got checks, invoices, purchase orders. All this paper is documenting a transaction that's already happened somewhere else in the company. The evidence is collected and sent into the business office and entered by hand. It's all past tense. It's all data entry. It's all history. ERP, on the other hand, is a real-time transactional system. Rather than the historical record, it's happening right now in every department. Inventory gets delivered to the receiving dock. Scanning the receiving document and the delivery barcodes puts the inventory in the system now instead of filling out a paper good receipt form and delivering that to the business office to be entered in the system tomorrow, unless it's month end, of course, and that'll be Tuesday, unless somebody forgets to turn it in or uh, one of a million things. Retail. Point of sale systems let us know what sold in the last 10 minutes, not 10 days ago. Supply chain. Integration to our outside partners lets us know the state of our offsite manufacturing, deliveries to customers, incoming raw materials, field service. We're collecting labor costs from the iPhone at our job sites. Our VP is approving POs at lunch on his iPhone. These are transactions happening all over the company in real time. And at this point, QuickBooks users are thinking, whoa, wait a minute. You mean all, all these people are mucking up the accounting system? That's crazy. We'd never let them into the QuickBooks program. That would have been madness. And as usual, accounting is, is, is absolutely right. But we're not going to let non-financial people and outside partners into our accounting modules. They're going to be in ERP transaction screens. You see... Ralph at the loading dock doesn't know whether to use the account code for office supplies or project materials when a shipment comes in, so he doesn't have those options on his ERP transactional screen. His screen says 25 boxes from HP are due at 1 this afternoon. Were there 25? Yes or no? He barcodes the yes field and it's done. It's in the system. No paperwork, no follow-up, no data entry by the business office. Also, we've just made Ralph's job simpler. We know exactly what's ordered in those boxes from the purchase order and the advance delivery notice. That data is already in the system. Ralph's no longer filling out a paper form with bad handwriting and, oh, where's my pen? Oh, here's a Sharpie that's no longer sharp and pretty dried out. And now Janie in accounting is trying to figure out, is that a two? Is that a seven? The phone rings. Uh, she comes back. Oh, all of a sudden we got data entry errors, too. The data is most accurate at the point of transaction. And also, with ERP, the business office will always have the option to verify data prior to posting. So solid controls are still in place. But having come from a QuickBooks environment, nobody's thinking this way. And if you only have the business office represented at the table during the implementation, there's a good chance you're going to miss out. Because here's ERP theory number two. Unidentified goals are never or very rarely ever achieved, and unintended goals are always realized. Folks in accounting, they're real experts at accounting, but they don't do a lot of work in the loading dock or out in the field of the sales staff, so it's kind of hard to know what the workflows out in those areas really are. The logistics manager and VP sales are, are working day-to-day -day in these environments. They have firsthand knowledge of the constraints and the incentives going on with their people, and they're always looking for new ways to make their folks more productive. You know that 15% increase in sales that made next year's budget balance? You can bet VP sales is looking for ways to make sure that happens. 
On the other hand, the business office has other ideas. They need to get some information on each sale. And Oh, marketing asked for a report with the NAICS code for each sale. So along with the sales detail, why don't we just... Uh, do terms, contract submission, workflows, and we can we can put up a, a custom field in there that, that salespeople can enter the NAICS codes. Everybody agrees that's a great idea and away we go. Unless the VP of sales is sitting at that table, the answer would be absolutely not. No way. You've already made us put the NAICS code in the CRM customer tracking field. And since salespeople don't even know what an NAICS code is anyway, I gave that to Bill, the intern, to put into CRM. Let's just bring the code over and integrate with CRM. Now, we're starting to streamline a sales process, making it easier for sales to do their actual jobs. We're creating a tool that VP Sales is using to achieve a goal of greater overall sales. Compare this to our business office only NAICS custom field solution. It's going to be rolled out to the field and announced with, yeah, guys, hey, calm down. I know, I know it's kludgy, but we got to fill these things out. And then you soon come to find out that no, no one's actually filling out that form. It takes too long. It's not information that's known or relevant to the end users. The point is you have a choice here. You could choose to work on the goal of increased sales with a streamlined workflow or you get to work on the unintended goal of creating penalties for people who won't fill out their forms correctly. So as you can obviously see, you don't need me telling you that, that the most successful ERP adopters are choosing to identify and work on efficiency goals involving all departments. And let's talk about incentives. ERP is created by software publishers. In the mid-market, they generally use a, a reseller partner to demo the software and sell directly to the customers and implement the software. And when we say implement, we're talking about months of work from highly skilled technical software guys with degrees in accounting, technology, certifications, and they're generally billed out at 175 to 225 per hour. So the software publisher's incentive is to sell software. The resellers have some sales commissions involved, but more importantly, their incentive lies with those months of $225 per hour billable consulting hours. And who owns the incentive of making your company profit from ERP? Well, actually, that one's up to you. Up to you, and either you go it alone or you bring in consultants like folks like us at Profit from ERP. The software publisher's job ends when the ERP programs release. The reseller's job ends when you go live with the software. The big problem is if you're going to be successful with ERP, you need a successful selection process to pick the right software, an implementation process to properly implement with an eye on business objectives, and you're doing all this with a management committee who has little to no experience in ERP? That can't be right. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, here's a few common issues we've addressed in the past six months. An international charter school company. They worked with the leading national ERP reseller and the accounting department spent months evaluating, testing, and designing, and then finally started configuring the software. We were brought in to help with the implementation. The first issue we addressed was stepping outside the business office and talking to the other departments. Day one, we found out that purchasing 
was a manual entry dual system. The actual school principals at each campus maintained a spreadsheet tracking paper purchase requisitions that were then scanned and uploaded to SharePoint, prompting a staff accountant in headquarters to download the spreadsheet and, and enter the information into the ERP where another separate workflow was then kicked off and managed. But because software is generally sold by the number of users on the program, the charter school thought that they couldn't include the school principals on the system, and the reseller never thought to ask. However, requisition users for this particular ERP program, users who only fill out requisitions and receive shipments, are priced in packs of 10 for like $50 a month. They were paying 10 times that for SharePoint. The simple change to the system design architecture and the addition of more users resulted in a greatly streamlined process. Having the school principals fill out their requisitions online in the ERP system and skipping the spreadsheet process altogether, not to mention eliminating three duplicate data entry processes, well, change was obviously underway. So 90 days after Go Live, we revisited the charter school client. They told us the results were amazing. In the past, adding another charter school meant hiring a full-time staff accountant to help process the financial workload associated with that new school. Since starting the ERP implementation, they'd added three additional charter schools. However, with the new ERP system and centralized online ERP purchasing, they'd not had to hire anyone. In fact, they had more people on staff than they actually needed. So they avoided three additional hires at $60,000 each. $180,000 in savings, and it only cost them a few hundred dollars a year. When you add in employee benefits, that means that after only 90 days going live, they'd saved over $200,000. Did we mention that that's less than they spent on the ERP software in the first place? Or let's talk about an emerging pharmaceutical manufacturer. They ran a mixed manufacturing environment. They ran their own facility to create the initial ingredients and, and use contract manufacturers to encapsulate and package and store and distribute pharmaceuticals. The accounting staff ran the software selection and implementation. Very thorough process, very exacting evaluation. While accounting improved measurably, they didn't address manufacturing controls or supply chain connectivity with outside vendors. They basically stayed completely out of operations. And although they'd already spent over a million dollars on software, everything remained a historical data-driven system. Eventually, cost began to spiral out of control in manufacturing. Supply chain data was all spreadsheets, and the company again went out to find a solution, only to find out that the ERP they already owned was recommended time and time again. So they revisited the ERP implementation. They finally brought operations to the table and they began a two-year rollout to other departments. So what should have been addressed in the first six months of the initial implementation became rework, going back and changing existing procedures and software configurations. Two and a half years later, manufacturing was finally up and running. They had streamlined barcoding, providing better cost and quality controls. They only needed half the staff on the shop floor, allowing the current employees to move into a, a newer expanded area of the plant. And th they were able to double the product production without adding any additional staff, but there was still that cost, nearly $700,000 in rework, reconfiguration and rollout and 18 salaries for two and a half years, a labor cost they could have avoided. That means profits of over $1 million were never realized. And in conclusion, again, do you call it a mistake to implement ERP only with the business office involved? 
I don't think you can say it's a mistake per se, but more of a pitfall. Because moving from a QuickBooks environment, it's a whole different ball game and people aren't thinking in terms of real-time transactions. Just last week, we were proposing to roll out a manufacturing control system for a smaller pharmaceutical group. They'd already launched the accounting side of their ERP package. And this was a different ERP, a smaller group. And, and when they found out it would take $36,000 in consulting and software implementation fees, their jaws dropped. From their perspective, QuickBooks was a $3,000 expenditure, and there were no cost-benefit models to show them how much their ERP was actually saving them. But it sure cost more than QuickBooks, and another $36,000 seemed huge. Now look at that from the perspective of the previous pharma group that missed out on over $1 million in bottom line profits over two and a half years. Thirty-six grand is not even a drop in the bucket. So what's it going to be? Spend $36,000 or lose $1.1 million? Or should you bring in someone that can tell you another $600 per year in software licensing can save you $200,000? You're not going to get that from the software publishers. You're not going to get that from the resellers. It's not their job. But it is what you get with profit from ERP.com. Realistically, your results may vary. We don't know what conditions you're facing or what potential savings may have been overlooked. But the examples we discussed today, implementing ERP by business office is simply one of dozens of issues our clients deal with when moving from QuickBooks to ERP. To really maximize profit from ERP, we help with planning and budgets, selection and implementation of ERP, designing cost revenue models that show how you'll profit from ERP, and defining your goals, system architecture, process flow redesign, business consulting, and advice. I'm the practice director, Gene Hammonds, and our methodology is gained from 25 years and nearly 400 ERP projects for companies of all sizes, from those emerging QuickBooks users to global multinationals. So if you're considering ERP, consider profit from ERP. You can find out more by contacting info at profitfromerp.com. Have a great day, and thanks for listening.